Hi there, and welcome to Vox Sing Academy's video podcast number 20. And today we are going to be talking about, because we have an expert here today, um, we're going to be talking about the difference between the Polish and European music scene to the Australian music scene. So Natalia, how long have you been over here in Australia for? Almost three years. Three years. Natalia is a multi-instrumentalist, uh, multilinguistic. Um, you speak numerous languages, five languages. Um, producer, songwriter, dancer, choreographer, amazing singing teacher, just to name a few. Um, but your um, your music background goes back to when you're very, very young in Poland, about three or four, and you're writing and singing, and you've gone to to music schools. And after music school, I, I know you're telling me that you used to go to school and you're in choir at school, and you used to finish school and then go to uh, music school after school till eight o'clock or nine o'clock, and then after that go and record and all sorts of crazy stuff. <laughs> um, but I just wanted to, we just wanted, really wanted to give the listeners <clears throat> more so a, a run through, a first-hand run through of the European or Polish music scene and how it differs from the Australian music scene. Just because I have a lot of bands that are big in Europe and have broken more so in Europe, more so than over here. So just just tell us a little bit about the, the Polish music scene. Wow. Um, Polish music scene has been, of course, very affected by the history. So especially um, after the Second World War, we have a period when like 40s, 50s music, uh, some happy, nice melodic tunes, um, but quite folkish. After that, there was a period of 60s and 70s, and then we mostly had um, already rock and roll, so sorry, rock, the proper rock, and jazz started emerging in Poland, and elect just, even electronic music. Just before that, though. Yeah. Traditional folk, Polish folk music was really where it started from, didn't it? Really? Really, yes, but that's probably like music before war, you know, like war makes the cultures mix and everything. Because, you know, um, the composer Trakowski, he was. Trakowski? Was he Polish? No, Russian. <laughs> But close enough, we also have famous composers. But yeah, but classical and medieval music yes. dates all the way back to... Yeah. And Chopin. Chopin was Polish. Was he? Yeah. Chopin, there we go. Very good. He had big hands, apparently. Yes. Um, Actually, where I grew up is really close where he grew up. Oh, wow. There so we go. So grown. maybe the water there is uh, all the musicians. <laughs> no, but, but yeah. the you know, the... The history is very runs very rich and very deep through through uh, through uh, Poland, and I you know I know because I'm from Polish descent, and I've been to Poland a couple of times, and you know especially even in the chamber music, classical music, medieval yes. music was 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 huge over there. Classical music is huge, and it's on a really high level. Like we've got really good classical music schools, and we have all the people coming from all over the world to study in Poland classical music. Um, famous concerts. Even the other day, I was watching some YouTube podcast of some two famous Asian guys, and they were just saying, "Oh yeah, we're going to Poland next next week for concerts." 
Because it's really, really big. Chopin concerts are big. So the market there still to listen to classical music yes. is big. The school that I was doing after school was classical. Wow. I'm a classical guitarist. Wow. Yeah. And were you, were you also doing classical singing as well too? Yes. Wow. <laughs> That's why your technique was no good, huh? <laughs> um, <coughs> well, uh, I've got to say that there were things coming from classical music technique that make my technique really bad, I can tell you that, yeah. And from classical singing teachers. But um, now even my classical singing is pretty good. Good. So it should be. I think, yeah, look, let's look, that's, that's another subject we can talk about is the difference between classical singing and contemporary singing. It's a, it's a, we, should, we can do another uh, video podcast regarding that when we have more time, uh, if you're coming from that background. But just tell me a little bit about the music scene more so while you've been in it for the last nearly 20 years, I suppose, really. Yeah. Um, because it, it must be, it's not like, um, for instance, Spanish, you know, because if you're singing, you're in a Spanish band, you can go everywhere from Argentina through to Spain, all the way through Mexico, from yeah. pretty much from a from all the way from America, from the north to the south of America, you've got a market if you're singing in Spanish. Yes. With Polish, it's very small. <laughs> can, it's very can, can I just actually answer, ask you a question regarding that? Because I don't know many Polish bands. I know Behemoth, and they sing in English. Yeah. So, do a lot of Polish bands, contemporary Polish bands, sing in? in English to break that market because mm. you know what if I was Polish I probably would yeah some people do it more and more these days um, this is I'd say almost every artist um, would have at least one or two songs in English we rarely mix you know like you can see it a lot in Asia that they would sing in their original language and mix and throw some English words does that happen in we Poland? don't do that okay, it's extremely rare you either do English or Polish Wow, because I see that a lot in K-pop. We're going to talk about K-pop another time as well too. But you know, I work with, with people that, that bring in K-pop songs here and they'll sing a bunch of it in, in, in Korean. Yes, and, and then, then throw a sentence in English. Yes, or yeah. even a word. So a yes. line or a word. Okay, yeah. so that doesn't, that doesn't happen. That doesn't happen. And uh, I think um, something like 10, 15 years ago, it wasn't good for Polish artists to be performing in English. A lot of people would like look down, hey, you're Polish, you're performing for Polish people. Why, why do you sing English song, you know? Our, our, song, our language is beautiful. <laughs> but, um, but nowadays, music in Europe doesn't differ that much. It's very similar from country to country. It's, you know, it's such a fusion right now. And also singing in English opens the market. You can perform for more people, do more tours. So this is absolutely justified that more and more people do that. Yeah, okay, all right. So that was one of the, one of the big questions that I wanted to, wanted to ask you about. Just because with, can you name some bands for me that have broken the Western market, the greater Western market that are Polish? <clears throat> Don't ask me that question. Okay, alright. Right. Like, I know there are bands that, that had big successes abroad. We even had a musical that was, uh, that was pretty successful in States. But um, it's not that famous worldwide. Yeah. Polish is pretty unique, let's face it. 
It's yeah. a very difficult language. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. we've got like I've got you know, yeah, you know, I'm from a Polish background, so Lady Lady Pank. Yeah, Lady Pank. Yeah, you've got Oina, Cult, Manam, and Cult. Yeah, they are they are big and they are big especially in Poland because of 80s and 90s after the communism. Um, Communism started fading away. I actually, even before that, they were fighting for this the, at the festivals in Yarotin. Um, rock music was what kind of kept people fighting against communism. You just mentioned festivals. Do you have do you have big summer festivals over there? Yes. For music? So yeah, Yarotin is the one that I just mentioned. But apart from that, we also have those Heineken Orange festivals. You know, they are like branded with like big companies, and they are like three or five days festivals, usually in the capital city or touristic places or in the north at the seaside. And with those big festivals. Do you are they predominantly Polish bands or do you have international bands coming that headline them? It's we have international bands. Um, there are there are uh, Polish artists headline, headlining. Yeah. But it, it's a mixture. Oh, both. that's good. Yeah. It's good that they're they're um, mi mixing that up. We have just... some you know worldwide famous like Maroon Five with Khan or yeah, yeah like a lot a lot of great bands and uh, and at the same time uh, performing alongside Polish artists. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, I just that that's good that they they do do that because I noticed that um, with a lot of the festivals over here in Australia, I know they're predominantly bringing in in a lot of more so overseas bands. And very few Australian bands would get onto the bill, but they're putting more and more Australian bands onto these no. onto these bills now, which is which is good. I think we need to promote um, Australian music a lot more here in Australia. Something that I just want to ask you about. Because I've got a uh, a couple of friends that are French, and I've got an ex teacher of mine that's French, yeah. and he actually um, stopped teaching here and went back to France because he gets paid like the equivalent to government allowance over there for songwriting and for writing songs. So even if you're a painter or whatever it is, you can actually get the doll, and that's why he went back over there. And then. So you can write and just say, look, I've some, I'm writing this album, doing this song. You just submit it to the government and they actually pay you to do that. That's why he went back to do wow. that. Um, and then even once you release your album, you go back and do it again. Then the government just pay you the, the equivalent to what they've assessed you beforehand. The same uh, to do that, to, to, to continue cultivate art Creative over there. Work. And that's that's why he went back there because he, he really couldn't survive over here. Even though he was doing his originals and covers... He couldn't survive as a musician over here, so he actually went back to France. Do you have something like that over in Poland? Because I think here in Australia, we don't support art. You do. You just don't know about Enough. it. The government has amazing programs here in Australia. Amazing programs and free workshops. Like, I know about it because I'm a singer-songwriter. Mm -hmm. And there are great grants. You can apply every month for a grant to either release your music, to record your EP, for your songwriting stuff. There, there are multiple opportunities actually here. And um, and every once in a while, I think every half a year, you can submit an application for a bigger project. So if you want to do an EP and a music video and you need really a lot of money, you know? So it's, it's not that bad. Um, in Poland, it's With difficult. these grants though, though, you have to pay them back, uh, Natalia, here in no. Australia, you know? <coughs> No. Alright. I, I need to look into that. Yeah, there were, I think the ones that I found, there was nothing about paying back. <laughs> but the application needs to be strong. 
and it's to support you know the local cultural local market all right that, that's very very interesting and like you need to be precise about what you really want to record yeah yeah okay. but so, um yeah, so we need to we need to do more research in that because that's something you know with struggling musos that yeah, I can send you some links mm, that'd be good the other thing is in poland um i know there is more interest in this area and like the music is blooming now we have so many new emerging artists this is this is fantastic and polish performance singing in Polish and being like really really big around poland people prefer to listen to them rather than international uh, musicians and that's really that's, that's great. really great yeah so this is like growing sorry now can i, I just can yeah. i just butt in there for a second as well too sorry my uh, acquaintance also said that in france don't quote me i'm just making i'm going to make this figure up but in france they have to they have to play on radio they have to play like 80 percent french content yes it's pretty amazing in french i think they have similar thing in italy but in poland it's not the case so in poland for many years as i was growing up mm. we would get mostly international music playing on the radio there would be like one station where they would focus on polish music just one station and all of the other right. station would serve you a mixture yeah. Which is usually, I'd say, 60 to 40, where 40 is Polish music. I and now, this is this is changing. Good. Now, Polish music, I think it's it's really refining. That's we good. have a lot of really, really good artists these days, yeah. so it's actually a pleasure. That's fantastic. Yeah. yeah, I think that we need to bring something like that in Australia, where we need to bring in that we're going to play at least 60 or 70% of Australian content here in Australia. Because I know that when I was traveling through... Um, through Europe or even I lived in America for, for numerous years you know when I was in America they played predominantly uh, American music on the radio when I was there this is the late 80s early 90s a long time ago and also when I was traveling through Europe so when I was in the UK there was a lot of UK music um, France obviously French when I was in Germany as well too they were playing a lot of German music on the German radio back then. The music uh, industry is really big in Germany. Mm. Actually it's famous worldwide for being big. Um, I think Germany and Nether Netherlands. Yeah. So if you want, if you are emerging artist and you want a good place, you know, to have a big network and meet yeah. a lot of people for collabs, Germany is fantastic for that. Yeah. Well, Especially around Hamburg. The, you know, the Beatles, that's where the Beatles pretty much Voila. You know, <laughs> ground, their, ground their teeth and um, yeah. sorry, now I interrupted you, you're right in the middle of, of, of something that you're, you're, you're saying there about. Yeah. I don't remember. Well, I was just saying that I don't know about the grants yet in Poland just because I spent last three years here. Yeah. So I don't know how it looks at the moment. I know that just before I departed, I have a friend who is a songwriter and he's He's not a singer, he, he was learning how to sing, yep. but he's a songwriter, he writes amazing lyrics. And he just went to one of the recording companies, he said, these are my lyrics, I want to make money with writing lyrics, when he was in high school. Mm. And they were like, wow, this is pretty good, and they signed him, straight away. So sometimes you don't need a grant, you just need a good product. Yeah, yeah. well look, you can do that over here in Australia as well, so you can um, submit any of your um, material to any record companies. Yeah. Um, and you need to get them to look through your material. <laughs> exactly, that, that, is, that is hard. Generally, if you've got a manager, it's better so that you look more professional. But you know, you can also get a... Uh, <clears throat> oh God, it, it, it eludes me now. Uh, it will come to me about how to get your stuff published. A publisher. Yeah. So you can get a publishing agent 
and they can try to sell your songs or lyrics or whatever it might be. You know, there are yeah. lots of people that make lots of money. You know, Dolly Parton is very famous for that. She's written more hit songs than um, what people know about. So, uh, and, and so is Ed Sheeran as well too. Yes. You know, he's he's written lots of songs for other people that have been very very big hits. Um, he even wanted to give away Shape of You. He took it to his manager and he was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna give that song to uh, Rihanna, I think." And the manager was like. No, why yeah. you perform this song? Yeah. In shape of you, such a huge hit worldwide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah look, I, 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 you know, you, you probably never, never know. Do you know what I mean? I know that you know. I've heard some stories of some bands keeping songs when you know they probably, you know, would have made a lot more if they gave them to a more famous person. But he's already famous. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I'm talking about someone that wasn't quite as famous but had one hit song. But yeah. You know, they, they could sell it to someone else. But you know, sometimes it's not all about that. Sometimes it's about the art uh, and about, you know, it's your song and, and, and you want to perform it. It's about the craft. <clears throat> yeah. And writing like really good songs so where uh, lyrics flows really good with the melody. Yeah. I think Macy Gray was a big one of that when she had that, um, uh, what was that big hit that she had? You know, Macy Gray had a big hit, but <laughs> yeah. it was um, whatever whatever the song was. It alludes me. It's a long, long time. It must be fifteen years ago now. But you know, she was uh, the she was writing songs, and she um, the the person that was going to come in to actually do the vocal take of the song did it turn up. So the producer asked her, "Hey, can you come in and just do a scratch track for it?" The producer liked that they released it. Uh, became a big hit. That was her big hit. Whatever the song is, it eludes me now. Um, but these stories with songs and, and production are, are incredible. And Celine Dion, she didn't want to sing the uh, Titanic song, My Heart Will Go On. She didn't want it. She was like, No, I'm not singing that. And they like really had to, like her manager had to really work with her through this. And then it, it was. It's her biggest hit worldwide. Yeah, it is her biggest hit, but then again as well too, you know, does she like singing it? She, now she, she says she? she does. Does she, she? She didn't like it in the beginning, but then she she said, like, yeah. that's what she said in the interview. Yeah. She because, started liking it really, really. Because, <laughs> you know, we work on lots of songs in classes, yes. lots of different songs and genres, and, you know, there are some songs that I, I love working on, some songs that... Uh, that you just work too much on and you just go like, I cannot hear it again. <laughs> yes, there are songs like that, that 100%. You know, I know, I've got some songs that are banned, people aren't allowed to bring them in. Summer of 69 by Brian Adams, yeah. Horses by Daryl Braithwaite, Jesse's Girl, K-San, there, there's, a, there's a couple of others that, that people just can't bring in. Um, you know, even... even um, you know, even the first Adele song. Never mind, I yeah. Just because so many people brought it in when it yeah. first first happened. I think wasn't it uh, Rolling in the Deep the first one? No, because that was the bigger one. Okay. That that. Okay. But still, I, I like I still like that song. People can bring that one in, but you know, you know, like Summer of '69 and oh. and and Horses. It's just like especially. But I have the same thing with Summer '69. Like the other day, I was practicing for the gig with my friend. And she was like, let's do Summer 69. And I was like, no, no, we're not doing this. But you know, people want to hear that. I know. <laughs> but it just, let's do something else. We yeah. did. We found, I'm going <clears> to, <throat> I, I want to dance with somebody. Yeah, that's good. Beautiful. Well, like, even Horses by Daryl he played. he played the St. Kilda Festival a couple of years ago. There were a bunch of young kids that were, you know, a quarter of his age there. Yeah. <laughs> 
he, fi he finished with horses and the crowd was packed and the crowd went crazy. They sang every single word to it. There were people with horse masks on and all <laughs> sorts of stuff. Um, and, it's, and it's huge. People want to hear it and you've got to give the, um, <coughs> pardon me, the, the crowd what, uh, what they want. So, yeah. yeah. Is there anything else you want to talk about the, the European... No, I think uh, I think it's going a good direction, a really nice direction. Uh, and in the other episode, we can talk more about songwriting, publishing, and producing on based on Sigrid. Yeah, we're not we're not about to month to the next. We don't want to tell what the other podcast is going to be. Shh. Um, <laughs> I just want to just finish up here. I Vox Singing Academy and, and particularly myself have had a deal dealt with a lot of bands that have got major label recording contracts, and. I have a lot of bands that are bigger in Europe than what they are in any other country, or any other continent, sorry, uh, any other continent, um, especially Europe seems to be very, how can I say, loyal. The, the, the crowds there are very loyal, so if you've broken there, you've always got a crowd and a market to go back to. You know, like I've got bands like, for instance, um, Airborne, a huge over there, Ash Grunwald, Cut Copy, Circles, Massive, Electric Mary going to tour there, all the, all, you know, every album, Black Majesty, White Widow. Now, half of these people probably wouldn't even, in Australia, would have, wouldn't have even heard, heard of these bands. Um, but, you know, th these bands play the big, big venues over there, especially, you know, yeah, like... In UK or... Yeah, Massive, play all the big festivals, Ash Grunwald, uh, Dream on Dreamer, In Hearts Wake, North Lane, Dead Letter Circus, all these bands play over there are very big, more so than America. America's nearly very... Uh, and I've been in the industry for a long time and I can only observe from what I've seen because I lived there um, in the uh, early 90s. But I, I felt that the, the American market is very trend-orientated. So if there's something that's new, like post-hardcore, it's all post-hardcore. And if there's something <laughs> else, you just can't get in. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Or, or, or whatever, whatever that might yeah. be. But post-hardcore has been the big one. For the last couple of years, that's why I'm just, I'm just mentioning that. Um, I think in Europe it's more like variety, but yeah, if you break through, people stay really loyal and they come to you every gig every year. Yeah, this is kind of a culture, and um, the music industry seems to be different. very healthy over there. I don't know about that, but it's different. I know the songs are different and the popular things are different because you would have the same performance, the same famous worldwide bands. And different songs would be iconic for Europe and different for Australia or States. I've discovered when I started traveling, I would know the artist and you know I would go to every bar in Australia and hear the same song on and on. Yeah. And in Poland, I can't remember hearing this song. Yeah. You know? It's just different songs are popular. Yeah, yeah. It's I've, slightly different taste. Yeah, I've, I've seen that as well too. I know we've got a, a band called The Angels. And they lost their lead singer probably about uh, Doc Neeson, God bless him, about five years ago. But um, the lead singer from um, the Screaming Jets took over, and they're still just as big over in Europe. Um, the Angels with this new lead singer, they're just they're just iconic over there. And we've we've got a a, a singer. Um, Unfortunately, I think he's passed away now. His name's John English, but he's huge over in, in was was huge over in Europe. Yeah, I think I actually heard of him in Europe. Yeah, <laughs> huge, and and you know not not that well. People know of him in Australia because he's Australian, but massive. He plays festivals over there uh, oh. in Europe. So um, yeah, di different songs and, and different people. Um, Rose Tattoo, a huge in Europe. Um, they're, they're still big here. They're a pub bands here, but 
you know, they're, they're iconic over there. So. And you can't really tell until you try it mm. how, well, how well it will be received by the market. Have you heard of a, um, an Australian scene called Tina Arena? Yes. Yes, she's, she, she's now living in France. She's bigger in France. She's actually released a bunch of albums in French now. Um, I was doing, yeah, I was doing some. I didn't know that. Yeah, I was doing some research on her. She's got some albums in French now, and she's based over there. And that's that's her big market now, is uh, is is the French is is the French market um, as well too. So um, yeah, it's 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 huge huge over there. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to say that you know the 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 industry over there is, and I always tell all of my guys when they get signed. Um, is to you know, try to break the European market just because also the population is so big over there. It's very small. We've got a very small population in here spread. Yeah. In, well, still 23, 24 million is not <laughs> yeah. very big because you know there's 23 million people living in in in, in downtown New York or yeah. Manhattan Island. And this Island. is like really spread around Australia. Mm. So I, you know you always just do the do the math and try to try to break. And that's what I was saying about you know the American and the European market can always hit a lot more more it's people. It's more crowded. Not, not, yeah. It is, it is. If you want to say it like that, but there's more population. Per meter. It's just, yeah, it's not just in India, but anyway. There's like so many countries, and every country is like packed and it's like different, slightly different. Mm. So there's mm. a chance you'll, you'll make it in one of them. Mm. Yeah, look, I, I have some bands that are bigger in, in some countries than others. You know, yeah. like I know what Widow, you know, Spain, Greece. Um, you know, so more like Mediterranean area. Well, yeah, that was that's that's yeah. that's I know that they're they're big and they, they and it's all, a different taste in UK or Scandinavia. It's it's different. It depends on also I think what radio stations pick you up as well too. You know Germany. I know they they always play in Germany. You know Germany seems to be you know the a hot a hot market. Yeah, Germany is fantastic. Yeah, so. for music. Anything else Nat, that you want to add to uh, video podcast number twenty nine? I'm good. Okay. I, think, I think we've covered the topic. All right, fantastic. <laughs> Guys, if you like this podcast, please subscribe. Um, and you can check this out on uh, our YouTube channel and also all the big podcast players. If you want to keep up with us, we're on Facebook, also on Insta as well too. And we release numerous topics um, and, and different free content. So check that out if you're a singer. Um, and thanks for coming in, Matt. Really appreciate it. My pleasure. High five. And I'll see you uh, next week and we'll, uh, we'll go through some other uh, podcasts next week as well too. Yeah, easy. Okay, signing off. Bye for now.